Hello, and welcome to the Wedding Dish Podcast. Grab your fork and knife and take a seat at our table as we dish on all things weddings. You'll hear stories and tips from real couples and wedding pros about life, love, and entrepreneurship. Let's dish. I am your host, Sarah Alipin, the CEO of Photos from the Hardy and District Bliss. And um, before we get started, I want to make sure you checked out last week's episode. There are tons of amazing tips, tricks, stories. Um, so make sure you swing back and check that out if you haven't had time yet. Um, and are you ready to dish? Today we have with us <laughs> the lady who is brilliant, lovely, and so, so fun um, to have a conversation with. She is the CEO of First Looks, and I would like to welcome Jacqueline Burt to The Wedding Dish. Thank you for being here. Thank you. I'm so excited. I totally had not planned on doing any sort of like victory dancing while you were introducing me, but I get excited easily. It's part of the whole vibe, so... I'll, my, right, I'll throw in some stuff, I'm sure. Love oh, it. yeah. I'm I'm here for it. <laughs> awesome. So tell us a little bit about First Looks. How long have you been in business and what inspired you to strike out as an entrepreneur? Yeah. So First Looks is actually only about six months old. Um, so we launched in September of last year, but I have been working in the wedding industry for about six years. So I had started my business as a makeup artist, uh, back in early 2016, um, and had done makeup in the wedding industry for many years and really, really enjoyed it. And while I was doing that work also had my day job, uh, which is in higher education, So working with college-age students and doing um, academic advising, career coaching, personal development work, instruction, all those sort of college education types of work. And a lot of those same skills I was finding were coming out in the work I was doing as a makeup artist with my wedding clients. Uh, Makeup, I would say all the time in the previous iteration of my business is a really inherently intimate thing. Beauty tends to bring up really strong feelings in people. Um, and the act of putting makeup on somebody else's face is yeah, just it's very intimate. It can kind of facilitate a lot of opportunity for pretty intense conversation. So a lot of my coaching, counseling, teaching skills were showing up in makeup And so I had stepped away from the wedding industry very briefly to finish up graduate school. And when I came back, knew that now I like, okay, actually had this graduate degree, had already been doing what felt a lot like coaching work and a lot of emotional support work. And so thought, okay, like I could just offer that as a service, right? If you want me to put makeup on your face, I will do that as well. But if what you're really looking for is kind of that extra TLC, that really unique sort of support that is so specific to the time of getting married, um, I knew that was something I could offer. So launched First Looks, and we've been rocking ever since, since September. So that's the story. 
Awesome. So tell us a little bit about, I know you mentioned, you know, it's wedding coaching, but tell us a little bit about what that means. Yeah, that is the million dollar question. So I know even in my own um, experience, I guess, I think of coaching as a verb most commonly associated with sports. <laughs> um, do some volunteer work also with an after school program called Girls on the Run. And so I'm a running coach for that organization. And so it was very much in like a coaching, right, with like the whistle and the hat and um <laughs> And Love then, of it. course, I'd heard, yeah, I'd heard of like, uh, like life coaching. And when I had gone to graduate school, uh, my degree is a master's of education in student development, um, knew that there was some overlap between like coaching and teaching and therapy. And I am not a therapist, not a licensed medical, right, mental health care provider, but coaching kind of lives in that like counseling, teaching, support space. The way I describe it to my clients and prospective clients is that if a therapist is working with you on healing from past things, coaches usually are looking at present and future, and it's a lot more goal-oriented. And so if someone is working toward a goal, like, I don't know, a wedding, <laughs> planning a <laughs> wedding, getting married, um, a coach is a person who is there to help you do whatever needs to happen in order to meet that goal. Um, but as I do this work and as I get more into it and more people start to kind of figure out what it is, what I really appreciate about it is that I have this background and skill set in counseling, coaching, education, and also have been in the wedding industry as a beauty professional for many, many years, right? Like I do this every weekend. And so combining those things and having the experience of being in the industry and seeing family dynamics and seeing what things come up and having my own experience of having gotten married um, relatively recently it's just this really specialized, really personalized service. Um, I'll sometimes hear from clients who want to know if I'm a wedding planner. I'm super not. I would be really bad at wedding planning, actually. Um, I think in part because it's not about logistics and details and kind of hard information. It's about all of the emotions that come up from the time you get engaged to when you're walking down the aisle and then even afterwards. Um, it's a transformation. There's a lot going on. So my job is to facilitate that and help people feel actually connected to the experience because we can get disconnected pretty quickly um, and become overwhelmed and burned out. And yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it it is a, it's a, even um, as a female who changed my last name, it was mm -hmm. a change of identity. Yes. Um, it it was kind of, it was like when I, I know this sounds so silly, but I had a sports car convertible two-seater and we sold that car after the third time the, radi I, the radiator overheated. Um, oh, man. I know. So sad. But we got like a sensible car after that. And that for me was an identity shift too. Absolutely. Um, which is so silly, but like it doesn't matter how silly it is. It still meant something to me. Mm -hmm. um, and going from impractical and fun to sensible and earth-friendly was uh -huh. a, a different person. Yeah. Um, 
So having what you're doing is providing that toolkit and that support so that people can move forward in becoming that person, um, you know, or thinking as a unit or whatever the case may be, because it's different for every person. Right, right. And I'm so glad to, I mean, what you mentioned about that identity shift piece, what I find most common or like what what is a really common experience and part of my motivation for being like, oh, I can do this. Like I have, oh, like what a cool, ah, what a cool service um, is that it can really, part of what I think is so unique about weddings is that it can take us by surprise. We, when we're growing up, and by we, I mean all, all people, right? All genders, all people have kind of an idea of what it means to get married and kind of an idea of what it means to have a wedding, right? We maybe attend other people's weddings. We see it in media, et cetera. When we are actually in that experience ourselves and we've agreed to marry somebody and then we're planning a celebration around it and all of our important relationships are involved in one way or another, right? Um, so much can be surprising. There's this uh, particular, I don't know if I would call it a topic per se, but a, a term that I've developed as I've been working with folks, uh, we call them expectation epiphanies. And that is when you don't realize that you've had an expectation until that expectation isn't met. And it happens a lot all the time over, over our lifetimes, but I think it can happen in really condensed and really layered ways during the wedding planning experience. And so if you had an unconscious expectation about, you know, what decisions you were going to make with your partner, um, they can be really trivial things or they can be really big things. And you don't even realize that you were expecting something until somebody else makes a different decision and that expectation isn't met, then a whole layered reaction happens. You're surprised. You maybe have feelings of like shame or confusion around having had that unconscious expectation. And when those things are happening alongside identity shifts or identity development, um, yeah, it just creates, there's just, there's so much going on. And so what I see most commonly is people get into planning a wedding and we get told it's supposed to be like the happiest time in your life, the most celebratory time in your life. And in a lot of ways it is. And in a lot of ways you're also running into all these things that you didn't know you even were holding onto as expectations or values or ideas about yourself. Um, So that identity piece is giant. And it's also, you know, what other people have, you know, put on you as your identity um, and the expectations that other people are having that they didn't know they had until they're not met. That's a great point. You know, like mm-hmm. um, a lot, a lot of people tell me, oh, I really wanted to get married here, but it was really important to this family member that we got married in this location or in a church or um, have, you know, whatever the traditions are associated with that wedding. Yeah. Um, and it's such an interesting thing because we don't realize that as a culture, how much we put on weddings and on couples that are getting married. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think it can be extra tricky. You know, it's, it's one thing 
I often will hear from folks like, oh, I don't need extra support. Like I'm, I'm really close with my mom or like I have a great group of friends. I'm really like all my relationships are really solid. And that's, that's wonderful, right? Like that's, that's great. Um, that was certainly my experience too, really close with my parents, really close with all of my siblings. Um, but in some ways I found that that almost made it harder because I have this sense of, okay, like I have this really great support system. Why am I still really stressed out? Or why am I still, there's like then an added layer of like, no, but our relationship is really good. So I, then you come, it becomes almost a performance of like, ah, but our relationship is healthy. So I'm not gonna, you know, step into conflict or a conversation that might be really helpful because, we have this whole, like, we have a whole lifetime of being fine. So why would I mess with that now? Um, so that can be really interesting too. Um, I'm realizing as we're talking as well, that what can be some of the best invitation to how coaching can be helpful for wedding celebrants is that it's actually not something that I see as a reactive service it's definitely a proactive service. And part of why I think of it that way and, and offer it that way is that I was hearing from former clients, right? So people who are already married and I glued synthetic fibers to their eyelids, right? I did their makeup. And so like now they've been happily married <laughs> for however many years. And when I started posting on the First Look social media page, about like, hey, like now I'm offering these coaching services because the emotional side of this is huge and I have training and counseling and education. So like, let's rock. Former clients who were like, are you kidding me? Like, God, that would have been cool. Oh my gosh. Like I wish, like, ah, like you could have blended my eyeshadow and helped me communicate better with my future in-laws. Like, damn, that would have been great. And it further reiterated for me that we don't often know we could really benefit from reflection or support until we are like in the shit. And so rather than wait until, right, I'll hear from folks too, like, oh, things are fine. Like I'm stressed out, but it's okay. Like I'm just, I'm just going through it and it'll be over soon. And I'm just, I'm really ready for it to be over with. I think like, oh my goodness, like what if, what if it felt really good? What if you were able to like, you know, really get curious about and kind of um, capitalize on the communication patterns you have within your family, or maybe like what a cool opportunity to have some important conversations with folks. Like it's not about everything is hitting the fan. And so someone please help me. It's about how could you feel engaged with your engagement? What if it wasn't a hot mess? What if it was a really cool way to develop and get plugged into your relationships a little more differently? We're coming out of a year of having been in all kinds of stress and everyone's in survival mode. And I really see coaching, wedding coaching as a way to go from being in survival mode to being in much more of a thriving mode. It is such a personal experience. It is such an emotional experience. And we can, we can access that rather than being like, well, I'm just going to be a disaster and it's going to be fine. And for nine months, I'm going to hate myself and everyone I've ever known and loved. And then I'll be married at the end. <laughs> that's, that's not what I want to see. That doesn't yeah. Like, 
oh, well, this is, you know, this is just the way it's going to be and we'll just get through it. And then I'll look back at the pictures and I'll think they were beautiful and try to forget about the whole process. (laughs) Right, 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 right. Exactly. Yeah, that's, I love that you're doing that because it's so, I think one of the good things that has happened with the pandemic is that it has highlighted that a lot of us have been neglecting our mental health and that it is an ongoing conversation that we need to be having. Um, That's not to say that it doesn't suck because the pandemic totally sucks. And I want to be clear, I am not saying, oh, no, it's okay because we saw this, whatever. (laughs) It is not okay that we are going through this and that's fine. But, you know, coming out of it, I think we are go we all are going to see that there is going to be a lot of stuff that comes up as we go back out into the world um it's not as if nothing happened mhm mhm yeah there's i mean so much has has happened and so much is happening and similarly to the idea of like an expectation epiphany um I know another common thing I hear from folks, I'm not sure if this was your experience with getting married too, or certainly it was my experience. Um, But there was a lot of like coming out of the woodwork or like bringing stuff up or like now all the family skeletons are coming up. There's something about getting married, right? You, You are bringing together two individual human people who both have their own families of origin and creating a new family unit and like everybody has feelings about it that again, we maybe weren't conscious of until that was happening. And so those expectation epiphanies or little hiccups or little bumps or like self-discoveries around like, Ooh, that actually does really matter to me. And I hadn't thought a lot about it until it suddenly became a possibility that maybe that wouldn't happen or like maybe we wouldn't do it that way. And so it's that kind of constantly being caught off guard feeling and like not only are the celebrants maybe running into those bumps but like so are any and all other loved ones who maybe have been unconsciously holding on to information or beliefs about themselves or beliefs about the relationship and when a wedding is kind of like creating a wake right I'm picturing like a speedboat going through water and like the wedding is the speedboat and it's just going and everyone else is in the wake. Like, Oh, I didn't know that was there. Oh my God. Oh my God. Okay. Ah, overturning. Ah. Um, it's not even that it's bad. It's just that you have to be like, you have to know how to swim, right? This is not a great metaphor. This was not what I was, <laughs> but I'm imagining, right? Like being, <laughs> being in the wake of a speedboat and like, if I can't swim or if I don't have a life jacket or any other sort of lake, you know, boating metaphor pieces I could attach to this. Um, <laughs> that being that being cut off guard feeling sucks. It sucks. And if we already maybe struggle with articulating what our feelings are, or we're not quite sure how to have tricky conversations, like if that's already something we're struggling with, and then also we are being surprised by expectations or beliefs or whatever. Um, that's just a lot. That's just a lot. It's just a lot. So like, I don't know what if there was an experienced wedding professional who also had some counseling training, wouldn't that be cool? Wouldn't that be so cool? (laughs) Wouldn't that be handy? Yes. (laughs) 
I love that you're doing that. And I also, I love that it's inclusive. You're, you're working with the couple together, right? So certainly can. Yes. Um, people really, because it is so personal, the services as they are being offered now, our little baby six month old company right now, um, super customizable. So there are definitely clients who, for any number of reasons, want it to be just the two of us. Um, and they just need a space, right? Maybe they want to just kind of invent about whatever challenges they are facing in their wedding planning. But like, you don't want to talk to your mom, you don't want to talk to your wedding party members, you don't, you know, and so it's just a confidential, judgment-free space with somebody who gets it, right? There are definitely clients of mine who also have professional therapists, which is wonderful. Um, But there's something so different about like, I'm also in, I'm a wedding industry professional, right? I am seeing this every weekend. I went through it. I'm part of it. Like weddings are just different. So it can be one-on-one. There are absolutely couples I will work with. And so they maybe want Um, a lot of what I'm doing is actually pretty targeted communication skills. So sometimes it's, um, you know, reflection and emotions. Oftentimes it's a lot more about strategies and skills. And so we're talking about language, we're talking about different communication techniques, um, and trying to get curious about, okay, are there certain topics that we know might bring up stronger emotional reactions? Um, do you have, a, you know, you could be both speaking the same language functionally, right? Like you're both speaking English, but if I'm using the word support and I have an idea in my head of what support is, and the other person is using the word support, but they're picturing it totally differently, then we're really not saying the same thing. Um, so we might do exercises. One of my favorites, I just call looks like, feels like, sounds like, and that is where we end up just brainstorming, you know, within that couple, or sometimes it might be a celebrant and a parent or a celebrant and the wedding party members, um, just around like, okay, like if you were to describe like an ideal reception, what does it look like? What does it feel like? What does it sound like? And then it really just is like, sometimes I'll have them write it out on paper. We've got three different lists. Um, Sometimes we're putting it on post-it notes and like going all around their space if they're in a room, right? And that's fun watching people kind of dart in and out of a Zoom call, right? Like, okay, I'm going to put this one in the bathroom for sounds like, and kitchen is going to be feels like, Um, and that's always a lot of fun. So really being able to have a lot more concrete, um, it's identification really like, okay. This is this would be a really great reception, and here's how I'll know because it'll feel like this, it'll look like this, it'll sound like this, and it's giving you really those same concrete tools to then, if that's not what's happening, then you don't have to have that internal struggle of like I don't even know, I don't even know what I what I want, like I don't even know what it would look like or feel like or sound like. Um, yeah, just lot, lots of opportunities. I really leave it up to you know I say. The number one thing is that I want my clients to feel like their wedding planning and getting married experience is something that is filled with ease instead of exhaustion. And so because it is an individual thing, 
you you get to pick however you need support. Um, yeah, we, we keep it pretty open. I love that. I love having it filled with ease. That's yeah. perfectly put. Yeah, yeah. Well, we're going to take a very quick break on the wedding dish, and we will be right back with the lady behind First Looks. And we are back on The Wedding Dish. I am Sarah Alipin. I am your host. And we have Jacqueline Burt with us today. Um, she is the CEO of First Looks. And she um, she's just a lovely, brilliant human. <laughs> That's so sweet. <laughs> Thank you. I, I, love what, I love when I do podcasts and I see people's reactions to what I like. Did my lower lip stick out? I felt like, I, oh. Yeah, it did. Okay. <laughs> I really shocked you. (laughs) Well, it's true. (laughs) Um, Thank you so much for joining us on The Wedding Dish today. I'm really excited to be talking about your wedding coaching business, Um, but I also want to talk to you a little bit about, you know, why you started this business, um, this iteration of your business and um, your own wedding planning process and how you got to this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had mentioned we were talking a little bit off mic about how when I got married, so I got married a little over five years ago, and the person I am married to happens to be my my high school boyfriend. Um, we're a year apart. He was my physics tutor. Um, took me from an F to a B, and I said, let's get married. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> not actually, but uh, yeah, he's a he's a good egg. And, uh, so yeah, I mean, when we, when we did get engaged, um, you know, I already at that time, um, had my undergraduate degree and, um, you know, had already a lot of like psychology and emotional sort of training and skills and, um, really lucky to have really, really solid and close relationships with both of my parents. Um, I'm the oldest of four kids and my siblings and I are all super close and really get along with my now spouse's family as well. Um, His parents are amicably divorced, and they're both super great, and he has an older sister as well. So I went into the wedding planning being like, okay, cool. Like This is going to, like, cake, right? We've been together for, like, eight, nine years. Awesome. Here we go. And it was... I mean, it was, it was beautiful. There was no like capital D disaster, but it was kind of like a slow burn fight or flight stress the entire time. And it really took me by surprise, kind of like how I was talking earlier, where like you have a picture in your head of how something is going to go. And then when it's not that way, there's this extra like feeling when you're, when you're caught off guard. Um, it was the first wedding for either, both, either, um, of our families. And I really, you know, we were 25, I think, 24, 25. And at the time really was like, okay, like I have this huge personality and we've been together since high school and oh my gosh, I'm so sweet. And we better have like a big ass wedding. Like, let's do it. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. Um, in retrospect, a lot of what we did was pretty unnecessary. Um, 
But I also, you know, with my, with my mother and father-in-law being again, very amicably divorced and like super lovely people, I was like, okay, well, we're going to do everything like super like traditional Emily post, like just super, super by the book, because then that way it'll like, then I'll, I'll make sure everyone is like protected, right? There's no way I can mess up and have anyone's feelings be hurt because I will be doing everything like by the book, um, which is so funny in retrospect because I am like a freaky radical feminist. And so to have had this really like traditional like wedding in a ballroom with a veil and my father giving me away right now, the, the feminist in me is like, oh my God. Um, <laughs> But it was, I mean, it was a gorgeous day. And I, yeah, I mean, the immediately just was so like, okay, and this has to be the prettiest I've ever been. And I have to write like everything has to be beautiful and gorgeous and perfect and super, super organized. And it just like kind of activated a lot of things for me, a lot of insecurities for me that I thought I had already like dealt with or that I thought really weren't that big of a deal. Um, you know, I, I happen to have, um, a long history with disordered eating and body image stuff and had been a figure skater as a kid and getting engaged, getting married. And especially right. That pressure around like, this has to be the most beautiful you've ever been, um, right. was, was really triggering for me. And so I had to get some extra support there. Um, and my, my now in-laws, bless them, you know, in, in being so focused on like, I got to do everything by the book. And so that means like any showers that I have, like my mom has to be the one to plan it and it has to be this and it has to be that. And so in trying to protect everybody, it actually meant that a lot of autonomy from people was like removed. And when people's stress is higher, right? Anytime we are in a stress response of any degree, um, things get missed, right? Our memory functions a little bit differently. Our ability to multitask functions a little bit differently. I think this entire last year, right? I know I feel like my brain is made of scrambled eggs these days. Um, (laughs) So there were were goofs. That happened, right? Because everyone was like, oh my God, like Jacqueline is taking this so seriously. So like, we better take this really seriously too. And oh my God, right. And I had color-coded itineraries for every wedding party member. And again, the the intention was like, I'm going to really do this so that nobody has to worry. And then like, quote unquote, really doing it. What it meant was that like, yeah, each of my wedding party members all still like our very best friends in the whole wide world got these like, color-coded laminated folders with like their names on them. And I remember like two of the groomsmen, two of our best friends, I like gave them their folders and I was like, okay, and your itinerary is in there and here's what you have to do and where you have to be and when. So like, you don't need to think about anything. And they burst out laughing. And I just, one of them was like, holy shit. Like why? Right. (laughs) And it's funny now. It's funny now, but I'm sure at the time, everyone around me, it's the intention impact conversation, right? Tale as old as time. You you go into something thinking that like you're you're doing this because you're trying to protect people. And the impact is almost never what your intention is. And so that is part of, you know, and and really not not silly things, but just like totally accidental innocent 
goofs, right? I, my mom, I'm sure I was wigging her out the whole time because I was such a disaster. Um, when my, uh, my mom's family threw a shower, I didn't even want any bridal showers. That's a whole other conversation. They threw me a, a Tupperware shower, which also doubly funny. I don't cook at all. My spouse is the only one who's like allowed in our kitchen. And so they threw like a pampered chef Tupperware party. And I remember thinking like, who is this for? Like, this is so nice of you guys, but like, I don't, like, I don't even make toast. Like, I don't know what I'm going to do with all these like pampered chef tools. Like, oh. Um, and my now mother-in-law, who is this like very lovely, very patient, very generous, like can't say enough good things about her. Um, my mom forgot to invite her or my aunts did. I don't even remember now who was throwing it. And because I wasn't involved at all, because I was like, oh, like you guys are the ones planning it because I have to do this and this. And here's what Emily Post says. And like, burr, 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 burr. and she wasn't invited. And I like, didn't even think anything of it at the time. Cause again, I'm like flying around up here in the super like checklist mania. And my, again, now mother-in-law very understandably was like hurt, right? Like capital H. Hurt. Yeah. And I don't blame her. Right. Like, I, I mean, like I felt off, I felt Awful. Um, right. It's been like six years and I'm still like, oh my God, like I can feel like my heart rate is is increasing a little bit. Um yeah, I and this tell. is exactly yeah, this is exactly what I mean when I say that like it can sound kind of silly, like I'm a wedding coach. Oh, weird, what's that? This is some emotional stuff. And it's not about making it more emotional or trying to like, you know, have any sort of therapeutic, right? I'm, I'm not a therapist. Um, but I think it's precisely that of being able to be like, all right, like I went through a way more intensive experience than I could have possibly anticipated. And I have these like really solid relationships. I have training in this stuff. And I still was just like wiped. I mean, I was exhausted. I was totally in that brain space of like, oh my gosh, can this day just be over? Like dear Lord. So it just really got me thinking about like, man, so folks who are dealing with complex family dynamics, right? If anybody is estranged, if maybe there's more conflict around, you know, maybe your family really wants you to get married in a church and y'all really don't want to, or any other number of things, um, it gets heavy quickly. And so rather than kind of numb out and like separate from it, and kind of plow through just being like, okay, well, whatever, we'll be married. So it's fine. Um, I saw again, this opportunity to be reflective and think like, all right, like this is a major life change. Everyone important in my life is going to be activated whether they're in it or not. Right. It's kind of that, like, even if someone is not involved, they are involved by being not involved. Right. So at no other time in your life, except for maybe having kids, I, I would think maybe, um, is everyone in your life involved in that same way. And so to have everyone around you, including yourself and your partner in this like emotionally activated space, um, it really is an invitation to then be like, all right, like, do it right. My, my mother-in-law and I ended up having this like really intense, but like really cool, really important conversation around like what she, you know, what, what she needed to feel 
close to me or what sort of communication worked best for us or, um, and I don't know, you know, not, not that the conflict piece needed to happen, but like if, if Alex and I, my spouse and I had never actually gotten married and had just continued to kind of live our lives together as partners, um, I don't know if we would have had that conversation around like, okay, what do you need? What feels good? What would help you feel like you and I were solid? How close do you want to be? Do you want to talk often? Not really, right? Um, so yeah, I think that my own experience of thinking everything was cool and then being like, oh shit, this is intense. Um, it really did become a much broader invitation for like, wow, this could really like, everyone has this really emotional experience. And so how do we um, plug into it instead of just kind of like dissociate and motor through and then just like, oh, okay, done, married, goodbye, goodbye forever. Like now it's over. <laughs> Nobody breathe on me. <laughs> that's such a, that's so, it's just really important. Um, it's a really important piece that, you know, this is the the one time in your life when everyone kind of comes out of the woodwork invested in right. what you're doing. Um, and I, I think that probably does happen when you have children too. I don't have kids. So um, either. <laughs> I don't know what that's like. I have watched many people have them and go through a lot of crazy things. So I would imagine it's the same kind of thing. Um, anything emotionally activated where people have been looking forward to something for you. Mm-hmm. Um, it is very different. You know, um, Philippe, my spouse and I were together for uh, I think eight years before we got married as well. And we have now been married for nine years in September, which is crazy to think about. (laughs) Um, but we lived together for like five years or something or five and a half years, something. So, but it, it was like a very different experience when you actually go to get married. And it, I never thought, I never really like put planning a wedding into like my brain when I was a child or growing up or anything. Um, It was never something I really like thought about. Um, So when everybody else had expectations, I was like shocked. Yeah. Yes. I know that was my, my sister's experience. That was also really interesting. This is maybe not as common of an experience, but I'm the oldest of four kids and the sister right after me, um, she and I got engaged within like a month of each other, I think. Oh, wow. Yeah. And she, I mean, again, my siblings and I are all really, really close. They are my number one people. Um, and she and I are very different. And she is this like super like, you know, happy-go-lucky, just kind of like positive all the time. I mean, she's, she's gorgeous. She's great. She's a nurse. Like just right picture any like la 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 just brilliant and she like is a romantic person and a daydreamy person but hadn't she didn't have like really strong opinions about things whereas I was much more um the word my mom used was executive in terms of like I'm not much of a brainstormer but she would my, my mom would bring me a list of ideas Right. And I would be like, okay, yes, yes, no, 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 yes, no, no, yes, yes, no, no, no. And if that same list of ideas was given to my sister, my sister was like, I don't know, they're all great. 
great, you know? <laughs> and so even that I think is really interesting in terms of like siblings, right? She and I planning our weddings during like the same-ish window of time and my mom. And again, like all three of us having these like really solid, really great relationships. And my mom just being like, holy shit, you two, like, I don't even, what what's happening? Like I have to get in a totally different headspace when I'm talking to you, Jay, as opposed to talking to Lauren, my sister. And that that's just so fascinating to me, again, like as an educator, as a coach, as a counselor, that siblings can have these like really different experiences and that can bring stuff out and up too. Um, but yeah, I mean, we really are closer because of it, I think. Yeah, that's so interesting. I definitely identify more with your sister's personality type. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That must have been really strange for your mom to navigate. Oh my God. Yeah. Well, my mom, who is also an educator um, and who is so passionate about being a mom, which is right. I mean, I can't, I can't say enough good things about her. Um, does a really good job. All four of us are really different, myself and my siblings. And so um, even my, my spouse will joke about like, wow, parenting, you guys must've been wild. Like just the, <laughs> the brain switch between like, we have a lot in common, of course, but some some big differences. And so, um, and my mom was the type to say like, well, it was really fun. Like I got to plan two really different weddings and really different, whatever. But she mentioned a couple of different times too, you know, she is also an educator and has similar, um, you know, kind of social and emotional and communication training. And immediately, I mean, like I, I picked up on some of what she said, during that planning process, again, before I was offering these services of coaching, like professionally around like, whoo, right. Like, thank God I kind of know what to say. Right. Or thank God I know about, you know, stress responses and how, if you have a primary communication style, all of us do. That's another big thing I do with my clients is we spend the first couple sessions thinking about just how you naturally communicate, what feels good, what's kind of your default. Um, and my mom saying like, you know, I, I knew what your communication style was and I knew Lauren's and I knew mine and I knew how those communication styles could show up differently under stress. And I knew that like, if you needed some alone time versus if Lauren needed to be together or, um, you know, brainstorming time versus decision-making time, like I, I knew all those things, I had those tools. And so it was a lot easier. Um, and it just immediately, I remember thinking like, God, like most people don't have those tools. And that's not, that's not yeah. a, right. And that's nobody's fault, but like, yeah, most of us just don't. It's not our, <laughs> that's not how we're, yeah, it's a, it's a learned skill. Yeah. And I love that you're using first looks to build that toolkit for people and help them, you know, go through self-discovery to realize oh, I do need this tool or like, mm -hmm. oh, maybe it is okay that I don't like to talk for the first 25 minutes that I'm awake in the morning at all. And it right. doesn't mean that I love you less. Right. Absolutely. And totally different kinds of communication strategies too. You know, part of why I named it First Looks, um, I am, you know, I am a makeup artist as well. And I'll, I'll sometimes say to people, like, I will put makeup on human faces until I die. Like, I will do that shit for free. Um, not actually, but I will. <laughs> so, um, and I, you know, early, early, early on picked up on the fact that like, if my clients didn't feel good about 
not even themselves necessarily, although that's of course really important, but like if they didn't feel good about the day, right, you would walk in or I would walk into a getting ready space, right, a hotel room or somebody's house or wherever we were, the venue, morning of, and like you can feel, right, you can taste tension in the air if it's there. And so no one's going to feel beautiful or celebratory if that is kind of right rippling under the surface. And so I don't care how snatched your contour is or whatever, right? Or if your lashes are just perfect, it's not going to, it's not going to matter if you feel gross, right? If you're nervous about, oh, I hope my future in-laws don't, you know, get super freaked out because I decided to do that, you know? So first looks for me and naming it that was, you know, often, um, certainly in the last couple of years, having like a first look moment between either the the celebrants, right? The people getting married or like, you know, a celebrant and their parent, a celebrant and the siblings, celebrant and the wedding party. Um, loved that. But also so much of the work that I do is not just about beauty, but also about discovery. And sometimes it's self discovery, right? When you like have an expectation epiphany or (laughs) when you learn something about your own communication style or your own values and it's like an, oh, oh, okay. All right. Okay. Let's go. Um, So that kind of dual happening of like, it's a beauty experience, but the, the tagline, if we want to call it that for first looks, is I say, you know, first looks is beauty. You can feel you're taking a first look at yourself. You're taking first looks at your relationships, a first look at yourself as a bride or a groom or a celebrant, right? That identity transformation that you talked about early on. There's so much seeing and discovery and rediscovery that's happening over and over and over and over along the planning process. So it's a first look at all of those things. Um, and yeah, and at the end of at the end of it all, it's really about just recognition of yourself, about what matters to you during this time, about what matters to you for your relationships. Um, and yeah, and then if you if you want me to blend your eyeshadow really beautifully, I will do that too. You know. <laughs> so, yeah. I love it. I love it so much. I love that you're doing this, and it has been so awesome to meet you. Um, I definitely want to continue connecting with you. Um, I think we have a lot of like interesting overlaps in personal life kind of stuff too, which yeah. I love. Yes. I love yeah. it. Well, really that's – Oh, sorry. I'm just – before I forget, part of what's cool, only because you mentioned continuing to connect. Um, so I am based in the Twin Cities in Minnesota. Um, but because all of my coaching services are happening virtually, um, I am working with people all over, right? So like you do not have to be in Minnesota or in the Midwest, um, in order to benefit from coaching services. So connection happens all over the place. Yes. I love that. And that is another one of the interesting things that's happened now that we realize we can do these things virtually and really connect authentically virtually. We do have that ability. Um, Who knew? (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you so much for being here. Um, Where can people find you on Instagram, uh, with your website, all that stuff? 
Yeah. So I am on Instagram at First Looks LLC. Um, the website is firstlooksllc.com and email is a great way to get in touch as well. So folks can email firstlooksllc at gmail.com. Perfect. Perfect. Um, it has been so awesome dishing with you today. I'm so glad that we connected. Um, I just really love having you on here and, um, and I really appreciate it. So everyone make sure you give her a follow. I know on her Instagram, she's been doing a lot of sharing tips and tricks and a lot of information that's just helpful. Um, if you're not really sure if you are interested in having a wedding coach or if you want to just dip your toe and seeing what that even means, um, her Instagram is amazing and you can get a ton of like information and, and everything that, um, all the good stuff that she's, she's putting out into the world. Oh, I'm so excited. Thank you so much. This was such a pleasure. I'm yeah, I just want to, I just keep saying over and over like, I'm so excited. I'm so excited. I just, oh. <laughs> such important work. And it's so fun. And I just, there's nothing better than feeling like you are really being useful and like contributing your skills and what you're excited about to the world. And that's what I get to do. And so like, just come get me like, here we go. Let's I'm here for it. it. I'm ready for that impact. (laughs) I love it. I love it. Well, thank you all for tuning into The Wedding Dish. Um, Jacqueline, thank you for being here. Um, Again, first looks, make sure you give her a follow and follow at The Wedding Dish Podcast on Instagram. Um, And we are The Wedding Dish Podcast for or .com, our website. You can get show notes. uh, You can apply to be a guest. And um, we are committed to accessibility, so you can actually get the transcript from um, this podcast and our show notes, which is not the same thing because our show notes are more detailed uh, questionnaire. So, um, and then go ahead and give us a follow if you like us on uh, whatever your preferred podcast listening to platform may be. Um, And hopefully you all will tune in again next week. I am Sarah Alipin and I am closing out the wedding dish today and go and have a glass of (laughs) rosé. Cheers, everybody.